Revival Podcast. I'm Levi. And I'm Beth. And on today's episode, we have returning guests, my mom and dad, Brian and Elaine Butler of Cornerstone Church, Trafalgar. Well, I guess we're starting. Um, yep. <laughs> I guess sorry for the delay and not posting on Sunday. We're calling it a snow day, but really I think we were all just too tired to record <laughs> yep but we're here now um as you can see the episode of this um or the episode of this the title of this episode is look up um with that we're going to be talking about different signs in the sky and other i guess natural weather related um signs yeah. or are they signs so hopefully we can pose a question that maybe you haven't thought of before and give you an answer that uh we think makes sense yeah so, um, I guess to start off with, um, I guess, creation of light and dark and the stars and everything like that. The stars were created on day four uh, in the Genesis account of creation. And I guess with that, uh, the first day, there was a creation of light and dark. Mm-hmm. And I guess what is, since there was, a, the, I guess, the time gap between day one and the creation of light and dark and day four which is the the stars and the sun and the moon sun and the moon yeah. so i guess what's the difference here in in light yeah because light's still a mystery science doesn't know if it's a wave or it's if it's a particle uh, but god definitely invented it first before he made bears of that light you know that that we are used to mm-hmm. so it is still a mystery and it's there's a lot in light uh, elaine was reminding us you know, that light covers the gamma rays, the x-rays, the ultraviolet rays, infrared light. There's, there's radar, FM, t- radio, TV, shortwave, all the way to AM. That's all from light. And if it was... It's not just, probably a lot of things that we haven't even discovered yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's just the spectrum that we know of. Yeah, and we only knew a small, narrow margin of that for a long time before we discovered the others. So, yeah, who knows? Yeah, um, I know the Bible says that God is light. So maybe mm-hmm. like, maybe that's right. a generic enough, but mm-hmm. easy enough answer that we can find scripture. <laughs> well, and we know in heaven that there there won't be a need for a sun or a moon. There won't be a need for any mm. external light sources because you know God is the light thereof. The light yeah. thereof. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think maybe light would be an inter- interesting episode for the future. Just kind <laughs> of maybe a study on light or yeah. dig into it deeper. Yeah. yeah. Or if you're looking for a Something on a Sunday night, maybe you could do, <laughs> yeah. do that, and I could steal it for the podcast. Oh, you're talking about me specifically. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, um, um, I guess with the creation of the uh, stars and the sun and the moon on day four, mm-hmm. he tells us what they were made for. Yeah, he says they're for signs. He said we're to use them for seasons, and that's how we've used them. We used them uh, to, to watch things, to know when it's time to plant. You know, the Farmer's Almanac still will tell you the best time to plant your peas, you know, and, and stuff like that. And so it's also um, the ancient world. Yeah, that's what, that was their calendar. Yeah, that's how they marched. And that's what they, that's what they watched. That's how they marked time. Uh, we live in Indiana and we have mounds around here. The mounds were to be, that's what they used them for celestial observation. You know, they, they watched these things. They knew it. And when you think about the first explorers of the world, they used the stars to navigate by. Uh, it's pretty, I don't know, it's pretty humbling to think about how they navigated and we're like, I need my cell phone. Yeah, I would say my star navigation is pretty limited. I can find the North Star, which I guess that's all you really need. Um, <laughs> you know North. Yeah. yeah. And I know the sun always rises in the east and sets in the west, so. You're, you're gold. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So except for noon, <laughs> yeah, I, I know which direction I'm going. Um it's probably hard for us to have an appreciation, though, because we don't see a, a, but yet a small portion of the stars that they saw because of light pollution and everything. But it is really mm-hmm. fascinating to think about how much they did depend on um, the stars for navigation. And it, it is hard. hard. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, it's hard to find those dark spots. Elaine and I have traveled mm-hmm. to try to go find dark spots to watch, watch the stars. Watch right. the stars yeah, better. Actually, gone to dark parks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And they weren't that dark. Yeah. <laughs> It was cloudy the night that you guys went. It was. Yeah, I, we saw a couple. I think it is interesting, like the difference um, that light pollution does make. Mm-hmm. Um, like just being in town, the limited number of stars you can see. Like you can see quite a few here because mm-hmm. it's not that big of a town. Mm-hmm. But then go over to like Grandma and Grandpa's, mm-hmm. uh, where they're 
a little ways outside of town, you can really see a lot of stars. Or go to our church, right. out in the middle of between Cornerstone churches, between four cornfields. So, <laughs> but so it's you, interesting at church, even though we have such like nothing else around us, we still get the light pollution from Indy, which is what thirty yeah. miles north yeah, of mm-hmm. twenty-five. Twenty-five, but it still affects it. One yeah. of my dream trips is going out west and going like to a high elevation um, area that's that's a secluded dark park. Like a like cool fall night or yeah. something like, like that. Absolutely. Utah or Colorado right. or something. Yeah. That would be really cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I right, saw where watch the stars. in Iceland you can uh, rent a glass igloo and you, during a certain times of the year the uh, northern lights or the aurora, aurora borealis um, mm-hmm. are really visible. So like they have like this whole area that's set up in the middle like the mm-hmm. interior of Iceland that's That'd That's pretty awesome. cool. We're observing stuff. We've we've seen yeah the northern lights a couple of times, at least one time specifically Here, that right. yeah we were able to see them from our house. Oh, mm-hmm. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot different than the video they show you. It's always time lapse, <laughs> but, but we yeah. can see the green glow and watch the ribbon kind of move. Yeah, yeah. that was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I think because our family, I was gonna say, uh, I think we are unique as a family that we we do spend so much time watching for. We always mark our calendars and keep an eye out whenever we have like a meteor shower or something like that that's coming around. And I know growing up, we would always go out in the backyard and lay on the trampoline and watch mm-hmm. meteors. Or if it was a cool fall night, we'd all bundle up and get some blankets mm-hmm. and lay out there and watch stars. Or if we knew a certain comet was coming by, or if we knew the space station, or which yeah. I, space station, not a star, but <laughs> it's also cool to watch <laughs> it go looks over. like a star. Yeah, it's cool to watch go by. We do watch satellites, too. So, yeah, we do mm-hmm. track and watch them and spot them. So, yeah. it's, it's just been a fun family time to be out in the yard and seeing it and... Uh, Levi and Megan are known for, hey, there's one, you know, looking for a shooting star and it's a lightning bug or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've seen some good lightning bugs. Or there's been a many, a, a great uh, shooting star that we've seen or, you know, a meteor would be like, and Levi's always like, I was blinking. Yeah. Uh, well, I was looking the opposite direction. Or. And then once Joel got his glasses, he was able to see him too. He's able to They're see right. stars. Yeah, he's able to see stars and parachuters. <laughs> Unfortunately, I still for feel many bad years. For that. I know, right? Yeah. We thought he uh, just wasn't paying attention, and obviously, we then we found out he couldn't really see. So, <laughs> sorry, Joel. Yeah, yeah sorry, so, Joel. So, I guess with with us being kind of unique in, well, I think, a lot of ways, but also the uh, the ways of watching stars, I think a lot of people, especially in the church, may be afraid to start looking mm-hmm. at the stars because of the difference. Or, I guess, because they're so afraid that they're going to fall into astrology versus astrology, astronomy, in which yeah. there is a clear line between mm-hmm. between the two i mean these were yeah as, as, astronomy studying looking at the stars or astrology yeah. is you know thinking that the stars impact and influence your life i don't yeah. think that other than they're cool yeah and uh, but yeah so that's that's a, it's a big difference you know when you're like looking at your horoscope and doing all that that is far cry from going out and checking out orion's belt or mm-hmm. getting your telescope and looking at the moons of uh, jupiter which we've done you know, and so yeah. it's it's, it's you know, big, big difference. <laughs> yeah. So I would say, uh, I say that to say this, it's okay to go out and study the stars and to yeah. go look at them. Yeah. Look up. Yeah. Look up. Yeah, exactly. That's the title <laughs> of this episode. Go look up. Yeah. And, and, it's, and if you are in a city, go find a spot and go out and look and you don't appreciate have to go far. the, yeah, appreciate the vastness of it. Um, it, it takes our breath away. It, it'll be super cold night because it's usually the best time to look at the stars here. You know, that's the atmosphere is a little cooler and cleaner and the stars are just, uh, right there it'll stop us walking into the house every time where we have to gaze as long as we can before we get cold but sometimes we bundle back up and come out and and, and, and sit and watch them uh, yeah we had a lunar eclipse what was it mm. probably two weeks ago whenever it was like stupid cold stupid out cold. Was so cold. <laughs> I, st- I stood out and watched that one that was pretty neat. me too that mm-hmm. was cool Oh, wow, I went out in short shirt, yeah. <laughs> short segments in and out yeah. I was gonna say short shirt what short shirt no yeah. just to show how cool it was yeah <laughs> That was cool. That was frostbite territory. That that was, yeah. (laughs) Yep. It was bad. Definitely was. Um, I guess now we can kind of address the fact that it's okay to look at the stars and look look for, Bible does say that he made them four Mm -hmm. signs and four seasons. What are some of the things that have happened in the Bible, um, or I guess things in the sky that have happened in the Bible that have been documented? Yeah, because God uses it and controls it, and he's used it to get people's attention and to show that he is who he is. We think of Joshua's long day, right? That's mm-hmm. Where he stops the sun and lets the battle continue, and then that was... Joshua 10. Oh, oh that's got the scripture for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they were fighting. <laughs> who were they fighting at that time? 
<laughs> the bad, they were fighting the bad guys. <laughs> the bad guys. Uh-huh. Stump Beth on that Those one. Evil guys. Yeah, and they needed longer time, More longer time. days. So mm-hmm. he stopped the sun, and and it's so noted not only in the Bible but around the world too about was darker longer in other parts. Oh of yeah, the, yeah. There's accounts for it in other cultures around that. Like on this day, there we either had like a really long night or the. But that doesn't mean you need to believe the email that comes around. Scientists have found Joshua's long day. And that's that's yeah. been proven scam. Yeah. <laughs> or that Mars is going to be bigger than the moon on next Tuesday. That one comes around often, too. Scam. Can't say I've ever heard that one. Uh, no. Yeah, it comes around, yeah. It's as big as a moon. And everybody's like, why don't we just launch then? It'll be so close. <laughs> it's, not, it's not real. <laughs> uh, so, so what are some other signs? I know uh, we, we talked a little bit before about Elijah. There was, yeah. whenever he was um, battling, uh, battling the prophets of Baal, Baal, yeah, on Mount, Mount Carmel, Carmel, on Mount Carmel, uh, how he called down fire from heaven to come, and it looked up all the water and the trough around and the whole altar and the offering, the dirt and underneath, dust, the dirt yeah. and dust. And so I would yeah. say that's a pretty stuff. significant sign. <laughs> that's a sign. Sky. You have fire from the sky. That's for sure. He kind of had two encounters with fire from the sky because then yeah. he was. Um, Translated, which is, I guess that's he didn't die. Was, that's a Bible word. Yep, yeah, translated. Translated. It. Yeah. He, so he was <laughs> he taken. Didn't, didn't interpret his language, but yeah, he was taken from one place to another without dying. Yeah. Yes. We talked about that last week a little bit in the Revelation. Mm. Yeah. Overview. Yeah. So he was callback taken to. Yeah, taken to. Yeah, if you have to listen to that one. Listen to that one. <laughs> yeah, he was taken to heaven and fiery chair, fiery yeah. chariots. Which I would say that's pretty another like another significant. And Elaine will sing "Days of Elijah" for us right now. She's good. <laughs> it's yeah. one of my favorite songs. Yeah. It was a really good song. That's a good song. <laughs> we almost did it yesterday, but mm, <laughs> I didn't make the cut. <laughs> um. So, so what are some other signs? I know there was also Sodom and Gomorrah, where God oh, sent yeah. down fire and brimstone, and yeah, that would have been to destroy. Something. Yeah, because I would say that. Would I'd say that had been something to see, but then I'd be salt. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, that's yeah. Lot, Lot's wife. <laughs> yeah, it was. Fire and brimstone from heaven, where he poured it down to judge, not just Sodom and Gomorrah. It was several. It was an area there that uh, was was destroyed to the point where they still kind of wonder about. There's some spots now you can find some videos where they go over there and they could find these sulfur bowls embedded in this these hillsides that if you stand back, you know, they, they look like you could oh you could see where that was buildings, but yeah, that was God's judgment on the earth where he rained down mm-hmm. hail fire, you know, mm-hmm. from heaven in that sulfur. So, yeah, he does use the natural as his judgment, that's for sure. Yeah, I would say while we're looking at or talking about the uh, the other previous signs, signs from the sky, not skies, that's not even a word. Skies. <laughs> uh, but the uh, plagues, whenever the Jews were in captivity in Egypt, mm-hmm. I mean, we had, like, he made it night for, does yeah. it say how long it was night? Uh, I'm yeah, sure. I, I'm does. sure it does, yeah. It was for, you know, it was an extended period judgment, of time. Yeah, where it was dark in Egypt, but not in Goshen, you know, that like, there were, I don't even think their lamps would work and stuff like that, you know. So uh, definitely showing because they worshipped Ra, you know, the, the sun, and he was showing his victory. Every, every one of those plagues was him defeating one of their gods, and mm-hmm. so he was showing himself. And then he made it hail too, and brought down that hail that caught on fire. So yeah, that's a one of the things that he does that we'll see he's not done with. So yeah, yeah. Um, and then I guess another sign. I would say probably the next one in line, maybe not quite in chronological order, um, but would be the Christmas star. Mm-hmm. So he put this star of Bethlehem. the star of Bethlehem up where the wise men could follow well, could it see, to, yeah. to where he was. Yeah, that one's, that one's an interesting one to think on. Uh, there is that interesting video called the star where the man has bought the uh, computer program where you have the stars in there and he rolls it back and forth and he watches the sky to see what they could have seen and, and what was acting and pointing and uh, we know that it was probably daniel who taught the magi on what to look for and, and when to go and they came searching you know for the king and so he'd done his job and yeah and so it was a celestial sign and as the um, oh, i'm sorry i didn't get the gentleman's name from the video I just looked it up. It, it's yeah. um rick larson yeah and so as he said that was their tv you know they spent there in a in a warmer climate uh they were on the roofs at night they laid and watched the star the, the stars they saw the um look at the milky way and see things are going on know what the signs and seasons were as you lay there you know having your pillow talk you would talk about that and then anything that happened in the sky that was major news you know it'd be mm-hmm. like 
Uh, I remember Elaine's dad saying when he would get on the bus and they'd be talking about, did you see Lucy last night? You know, when it was the first episode, you know, first you know, original airing, you know, they'd get on talking about it because that was the only thing on and they all had this one thing to watch. They were all watching the sky. They all knew. And so, um, yeah. He That's got, where I think it's interesting. You think about the length of time between um, Daniel and, um, you know, when uh, Jesus was born, mm-hmm. um, you know, you could talk about, you know, you think it was probably Daniel that, you know, kind of started that whole process and trained um, the the Magi. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of time, a lot of years of um, star watching yeah. and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's um, that's that's a long a long time. That's commitment too. That, that is definitely that commitment. Daniel right. taught him, and, and they believed him. Right, and that if they the seriousness of what they were looking for too. I mm-hmm. think they understood. King Star, yeah. you know, to talk right. about the, yeah, the Messiah. Exactly. And you think about the excitement when they saw it, you know. <laughs> yeah. They were like, what in the world, you know. <laughs> I mean, that, that yeah. would have been awesome. Yeah. I think, uh, going, going back in time, this isn't really a, a sign, but this was something that God told the Jews to do was the Feast of Booze, mm-hmm. which was a, it's one of their festivals, um, which he tells them to go and make these poorly put together tents and yeah, qualified. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think everybody can do that. Yeah. It was supposed to, uh, let the wind blow through and it was supposed to be, you could see the sky from inside. That's how good the roof was to be. So, and, and the reason for this was to remind them that they were of the times that they were wandering mm-hmm. to remind them who took care of them, that it wasn't their walled city. It wasn't their fancy house. It was, uh, yeah, it was God, you know, who had done that for him, but it also remind them, who they were. And I think about that even in modern day. It's like, um, I remember one time I took some mushrooms into work, you know, uh, prize morels that we found. And I was going to share them with them. And they're all like, did you get these in the grocery store? I'm like, no, I found these. And they're like, we're not going to eat something that came from the ground. I'm like, then you're not going to eat much, you know, because that's where everything comes from. You know, it's in yeah. the ground or, you know, off a farm, you know, but that's so, when you're in a city, it's so far removed from where it actually comes from mm-hmm. uh, that you forget that. And that, so that's why God would take a week out of the year where the Israelites were to camp so that they would remember that he's the one you're not it's not your security system it's not your uh, the alarm that you have on it's not your sturdy walls and your gates and your doors it's him who gives your safety it's it's, it's not your roof it's him you know and you're supposed to appreciate it and uh, it's pretty neat should I give my little yeah go ahead and give your little spoiler <laughs> yeah, yeah so um that that is also one that we will celebrate in the in the millennial reign is that a, one being the, the feast of booze, booze yeah. it'll be it's noted that that one will still be celebrated. And so the interesting thing, they were to do that. They were to go out and they were to camp and they were to remember back at that sojourn, you know, when they were wandering in the uh, in the wilderness for those uh, 40 years. And then when we do that during the millennium, uh, it'll be the same thing. We're, we're going to remember back during this time, our, our life now, and what how he depended on God and how it's, it's going to be so different during the millennium when we can see Christ and when there's no war and there's no, you know, crime and, and and all that it's so different it's to to go out and remind us and it's pretty cool to think about god's going to say you take a week off and you camp you know that's mm-hmm. they only talk about how mean he's not mean he's good and he, he has good things he wants family he wants family to be out talking he wants community to be out talking uh, but when you got done uh, you went back to your home uh, and that's a pretty little metaphor because uh, when our sojourning's done we go home uh, we're going to be with him we're going to go into a house that he has prepared for us and it's not going to have wind blowing through, and it's not going to be a roof that you look through. It is a, his father's house where he has many rooms or many mansions for us that, that we're going to dwell with him. And so it's a whole type and a shadow within that uh, festival uh, pointing to the promise that he made there before he departed. You know, when he told the disciples, um, if I'm going to go prepare a place for you and where I go, I will doubt like, doubtless come again. In my father's house are many mansions. And if I were not so, I would have told you so. And so... Uh, we're going to live that out. That's pretty awesome to think about. I think it's cool that that's the one that that we still observe. I think, I think that's mm-hmm. neat. Yep, yep. And, yeah. So it's, it's and the, how that relates, the next one. how that relates to the stars is, you know, thinking about, you know, that tent that, that's not, you know, super sturdy and everything <laughs> else, but it has the, you know, it was purposeful to have, you know, openings in the roof of it that you could see up and that you could um, see the stars. And, yeah. Um, because you're in a major city, you know, like you think of like New York, you know, they say you can't see the stars. The only thing you might see is a tree in a pot, you know, or maybe they put the Christmas tree in Rockefeller Center or something. You know, so you have to, you just see man all around you, you know, but to be able to go out and then see God's grandiose work, you can't look at the stars and not think, 
there's more. It's kind of like being, you know, at the ocean. I think the ocean Mm. is a good place to go. And, you know, you can experience the magnitude of God. You know, you feel Mm. small and the ocean is so loud and so mighty and everything, you know. And I think the same, you can get the same feeling, you know. Um, We talked about our family spending a lot of time out on the trampoline. Some of my favorite memories of the kids all being home, you know, and a lot of good conversation happened, um, you know, looking up at the stars and just thinking and contemplating um, God and his, his vastness and, um, just his, uh, power. And also I think when you look at the stars, you're looking at something that's timeless too. You know, it's like, they've always, they've always been there and, um, they're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, I, and you're not using your cell phone when you're looking at them, unless you're using Starfinder. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah. It's a handy little app to point out the different constellations, or right. if you're looking for Jupiter or something. I can find Orion. I can find the Big Dipper, the Little Dipper. Um, that's pretty much it. North Star. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, that's not a constellation. Though. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's its own thing. The Big mm-hmm. Dipper points to it, though. Mm-hmm. Use a little handle trick. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I guess one one more sign that I forgot that has, has already happened, um, and. The uh, Star of Bethlehem movie really points on is whenever uh, at, at the crucifixion how the oh. sky went dark. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the uh, the Star of Bethlehem movie does a good job explaining like yeah, because kind of only, everything behind that. I think that's really cool. So yeah, he this. not only looks at the Star of Bethlehem, but what happened on the mm-hmm. day of crucifixion too. Yeah, it's pretty neat. We'll mm-hmm. link to that movie because it's really really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, well well done. The guy wasn't an astronomer, he was a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just got to... And then this is an encouragement for anybody out there. Find something that just enthralls you in the Bible and then pursue it. That's what this guy did, mm-hmm. you know, and then God will use it. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Right. Like giants. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be another episode. Another episode. We're going to have a new guest on for that Probably one. Probably multiple we'll episodes for giants. <laughs> yeah. We talk about giants a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, so before... Christ was transfigured, which is another big Bible word, which <laughs> pretty much is the same as translate, really. <laughs> whatever. Uh, at the Mount of Olives, whenever Before he, he ascended. Yeah, yeah, so after his uh, resurrection and he ascended up into heaven, mm-hmm. he had given us, uh, I guess, a few things to keep an eye on. Yeah, we, we, we typically think of Matthew 24. Um, Luke 21 is a little different. There's, there's some similar similarities in there, but he also talks about uh, the destruction of Jerus- Jerusalem in 70 AD. He gives hints to that. And in that, you know, he, he tells them uh, to watch out. He says that there's going to be fearful sights and great signs shall there be from heaven. And then he moves on and he, and he tells more. And he says, there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth, distress of nations and perplexity in the sea and the waves roaring men's heart failing them for fear for looking after those things which are coming on the earth and for the powers of heaven shall be shaken uh, that's some scary words but he says those are going to be things you have to look at in the sky those things are going to happen up you know if you're looking up you're going to see it and uh, he says he uses that to get our attention that's for sure we know that i would call it birth pangs that's what he kind of talks about in matthew 24 these these things that will be happening to awaken us up to his near approach because this is before um, until the time of the Gentiles. Yeah, so it's at the, um, it's during our time. We, we've talked about in Daniel before, maybe not on the podcast, but we are in the time of the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he'll turn his attention from the Gentiles back to the Jews after the rapture. Kind of like we Revelation. talked about in Revelation. Yeah, how, how we're, yeah, how we're in, we're in the church age. Church age, yeah. Yeah. Time of the Gentiles. Yeah, time of the Gentiles, yeah, church age. A different time where he's focusing and he, and he ministers and he works through the church now, through Gentiles. Not saying that Jews can't be saved. They can't. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Messianic Jews, we talked about yeah, that. Yeah, but his attention so. is back focused to the Jews. Mm-hmm. But then after the rapture, then he goes back to work with the Jews, which uh, most signs and things are for the Jews anyway. And so that's why he moves back into that realm. It is a little more Old Testament um, as you look through the book of Revelation. And the Old Testament prophets, Joel, talked about it as one that immediately comes to mind about mm-hmm. the moon. And blood moons have been something recently in, in our media <clears throat> you know, because it's been something that's happened here lately that really wasn't around too much before. And so, yeah, there's stuff that happens in the sky. Why do you think he uses the sky? I have my theory. I think, mm-hmm. I think it's pretty obvious. Well, I want to hear it. Well, I guess my theory is <laughs> everybody's got it. It's not like, yeah. Yeah, it's not like oh, I'm going to put a... Montana has more. There's yeah. a big sky. Country. I'm not going to put the yeah. sign in the middle of the ocean. So yeah. only the sailors that are going through it. I, I think he True, puts it yeah. in the sky. It's like this is 
this big open billboard. Mm-hmm. I think that's why he uses it. Yeah, and we we talk about that a lot at our church too. Because there's, there's other signs and stuff that he gives too, but I think that's why he puts the significance in the in the sky. Because that's we, also where he returns to. Yeah, I think if creation is being the cover of God's book, where He's trying to draw them into Himself, you know, that's mm-hmm. I talk about God playing checkers a lot. You know, He moves first, and He can't move again until you move. And one of those things is creation and the and the stars, and, and specifically for me, you know, I was a young boy. That was the first thing that made me have that deep thought about God. Was when I was outside coming into the house, and I was looking up, and I just saw how big and how vast. I'm like. Man, who made all that? You know, as a young boy, think about that. And that, as I walked inside, I remember laying in bed thinking, I bet God made all that. And I started thinking, well, who made God? And what does God do with me? And it got one of those times where it was a really kind of scary thought to think about all that. But that was my first move to show that I was interested. You know, so then God brought other things into my life to, to eventually draw me to him. So, yeah, he uses that. Like you said, I think it's right. Yeah, it's, it's we all have it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess um, that kind of brings us up till now since we are in the time of the Gentiles or the church age mm-hmm. so I think everybody who's been watching the news can see that we're starting to see things that we haven't necessarily seen before and honestly I thought at the beginning I'm like well I think it's just because we're, we live in such a day and age where everybody's got a phone that can record it mm-hmm. or uh, more people have TV or more people have internet and stuff like that it's like oh it's just being better documented but there's people who have been keeping track of things for longer than we've had smartphones and and internet and Mm -hmm. everything like that. So I think there is definitely a marked increase in, I mean, hurricanes, earthquakes, volcanoes, Mm -hmm. uh, massive hailstorms, famines, uh, forest fires, more like bigger meteors, fireballs, Mm -hmm. uh, massive like animal kills, fish kills, bird kills, uh, weird sounds in the skies. There's lots of weird things are happening, and I don't think it's just because... And it's making people ask the question, too, what is happening? Is this stuff that's in the Bible? Is this mm-hmm. biblical? You know, so obviously he's ringing the bell that gets our attention, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, because, you know, we, we've all um, here recently, like right now, it's raining, and we've had a lot of flood rains lately. And it's the first time our church is in the middle of a cornfield, as we talked about, and, and uh, mm-hmm. it's been flooded twice I mean, we're not on low ground or anything it's been mm-hmm. flooded twice and both times they said it was a hundred year flood you know oh, it was a hundred year rain it didn't uh, i heard a guy on the news the other day say i think that we need to kind of reevaluate that <laughs> yeah, because it's happening a lot anymore you know yeah. we have this severe weather we talked about hail you guys are mm-hmm. talking about that and yeah and giant hail and then, and then there's like uh talk about the ones in the in the desert over there yeah, yeah like i think it's in saudi arabia there's if you look up like uh, Hail River or something like that on YouTube. Mm-hmm. There's uh, they're having these huge hailstorms that are happening in the desert that are causing like all the hail like rushes to like the low point points and makes this river that's probably I don't know I would say in the video I saw it was probably thirty forty foot wide mm-hmm. river of it's just not a river of water. No, yeah. it's it's just hailstones just rolling down. It's fast and it's moving. Oh, yeah. I think you see the steam coming off of it and everything. So it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Enough that they're all out there looking at it and saying, look at this, we've got a big hail river in the middle of the desert. Yeah, and just look at the, like, talking about the hurricanes. Like, think of, like, the past couple of years, the number of massive hurricanes that we've had. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't ever remember having, like, I remember having... Five hurricanes. F- yeah, I remember having big hurricanes, but I don't remember having big hurricane after big hurricane after big hurricane. I mean, it's just... Mm-hmm. And then fire. And, and hurricanes in weird places, that like, hurricanes that happen mm-hmm. in places that don't have hur- hurricanes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yes. In Australia, they call them willy willies. <laughs> we don't have. We learned some. Yeah, we don't have any listeners in Australia yet, but Not yet. we will now. Yeah. So we were just talking the other day, and I was, you know, bringing up the point, you know, not to be like a naysayer, but it's like, <laughs> you know, so well, maybe these are just different um, weather patterns, and you know, if you think about it, we've been tracking the weather maybe what 200 years or something like that that's really not very long so maybe we're getting into you know um you know different weather weather patterns than we've seen before but you know then brian brought out he said you have to look at the big picture too he said you know jerusalem uh, or you know israel's back in their land you know jerusalem has been um you know, yeah, maybe declared not the capital. Declared the capital. Maybe not so, one of these things as themselves right, would be significant, but right. when you have all of these other puzzle pieces, yeah, yeah. when you put it all together, you know, they so. dedicated the altar to the temple. I mean, we were talking about things that have twenty years ago, thirty years ago. If you went back a hundred years ago, people had said it was impossible. Right. Say George Washington sacrificed this year, aren't they? Mm-hmm. For Passover? 
Yeah, yeah, they're trying to sacrifice a lamb is what they're saying. So that, that's coming up quickly. Yeah. So yeah, in George Washington days, they never would have dreamed it. You know, there was no Jew in back in the land. There right. was nothing. So in I Jerusalem. think then when you yeah. start, you know, looking at these, you know, weather phenomenons and that sort of thing in conjunction with all, you know, every, all the other prophecy that's being fulfilled and everything, it does kind of really. I mean, it does make you pay attention a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Especially when the world starts paying attention. And the one that really, I guess, you know, talking about looking up, got me was when um, uh, President Obama uh, started a task force to start tracking the things coming upon the earth. You know, we call them near-earth objects. They started watching out for those. And so uh, here's the headline from that. It was in uh, 2013. Thank you. Yeah, because I can't see it. But yeah, I think that's right. It says, <laughs> Earth was vulnerable to major asteroid strike. White House scientists warned. You know, and so they started what's called ARM, Asteroid Redirect Mission, where they want to try to plan, basically, Armageddon, the movie with Bruce Willis. So you go up there and you try to blow up the asteroid or move the, the, the plan isn't right now. They want to try to track these out there so they can get out and then move the asteroid out of the way, you know, before it, if they start a long way back, if they don't move it very far, but maybe they can at least move it enough. But... <clears throat> but they start tracking and, and it's uh and it, and it gets me is like uh, you can go on all these websites and have these apps and they'll show you everything that they are tracking and then two weeks later it'll be like well we just had a near miss you know yeah. <laughs> we, we, you yeah. miss with one the size of a school bus that went between like us and the moon like, yeah oh, that's okay. yeah. yeah that's a key point they call it lunar distances you know, that's between us and, the moon. and just this year alone just in 2019 we've already had four uh that were yeah one two three Four, five that have been between us and the moon. And when you think about that, the moon's, you know, our close buddy. You know, and this is coming in, and we had one that was like 0.04 lunar distance. Does that mean that's, that's too close for comfort? Uh, just, you know, the, so they're tracking these things, and they're worried about them. Um, it's pretty neat to think about when we talk about signs and stars and how God put everything in its place, is that God allowed for this, and that he's put a little shield out there for us, a little shield, a giant shield, in that it's uh, Jupiter. They have Jupiter out there who draws many of the meteors and asteroids towards it, you know, with its big gravitational pull. It uses Saturn kind of as a backup. And our last defense, that old moon, you know, he, he's our last little battle shield. He's circling around us, and he draws in things. And if you think he hasn't done battle for us, look at the craters. That's what that is. That's him pulling in those meteors, protecting us. And some of those are massive. Now, we've been hit a few times, but... Um, moon does a pretty good job, but it seems like more and more are getting through. And maybe we pay attention more because we have satellites, and satellites get hit, and that goes down. But I know, you know, in 2013, I think it was the Chibolinsky event or whatever in Russia, whatever. How do you, how oh, do you say that? yeah, the really big meteor. Yeah, it was a big one. It, um, that, like, took out acres of forest. <clears throat> and blew out. Well, that was Tunskin. That's that one. This oh. was the one that blew out all the windows. That's on oh, the, the dash, the dash cam yeah, meteor, the dash they cam call one. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so it, like could be seen for 60 some miles i mean it was just massive and so that started waking people up like whoa one of these hit you know a populated area this is going to be bad and so they started really watching them because that injured over like a thousand people yeah okay yeah. it was uh i wrote it down because i was looking at it yesterday february 14 2013 mm-hmm. so yeah. valentine's day yeah <laughs> and they're tracking them like my little chart here that says as, as of february 11th 2019 they're tracking 1,947 potentially hazardous asteroids that are coming towards us. And so they're watching them. And then we have these little surprise ones that show up. You know, that's you know, not to give you something else to worry about. But, but it's there. God is in charge and God is in control. But he does tell us those things will be happening. Uh, especially, I think, one of the first hints is in Job. There was a big fireball that went over Florida. I think it was last week that landed in Cuba. And they found the meteor for it. And it was like the size of a softball or something. <laughs> That's Elaine's debate here, right? I just don't see how that's possible. How something that small can be seen—it just doesn't make any sense to me. I just—I can't the average me- that. When we're watching shooting stars and meteorites, most of those they say are the grain of sand, and she argues, "No, they're school buses." No, I, I, to me, I think even a school bus size seems too small. I just don't get it. I don't get it. No, that's what no. There's supposed to be just particles of dust that are coming. You know, as they get bigger and bigger, yeah, then it makes bigger noises, and then some of them, if they explode within our atmosphere, it's called a bolide. Well, let's yeah. let's think about this though. If if you have a softball-sized meteor that lands in Cuba, mm-hmm. you're going to have quite a bit. I'm imagine that burns off in our atmosphere. So it's so a lot bigger, yeah. Well, how big does right. it have to start then? Beach ball size. 
Maybe. I don't know. Well, I, don't I, know. Know. I, don't I know. I know they're like, they're heavy. I just look at it metal. this way. Well, not heavy metal. If a real beach ball was <laughs> in the sky thing. that far away, you would never see it. <laughs> but if it was dark and on fire. You still wouldn't see it. Like, Ooh. I can't see a candle in Cuba now. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it just doesn't make sense to me. I just, I mean, no matter how many, how many times you explain it to me, I just don't think argue. that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Next time we're in Mammoth Cave, we'll just light a little match on the far side. Well, that's not as dark as. Well, that's darker than. Well, I don't know. (laughs) You can't do that anymore in Mammoth Cave because people turn their phones on. Yeah, because the people that are there turn their phones on because they're all afraid of the dark. The dumb kid that stood next to me last time was wearing those stupid light up shoes. I just started stomping. (laughs) I was so mad. Oh my God, I was looking forward to the dark. Let's see, uh, dark. Right. Nope. That dumb kid keeps stomping his feet. Yeah. I'll stick my hand in front of my face every time just because I'm like, oh, wow, I really can't see it. <laughs> you can't see my hand in front of my yeah. face. But right. literally, last time we went, anyway. they shut out the light, told us they were going to do it. Like a half second a Half later. a second, somebody had their flashlight on their so phone. Fresh. Yeah. It's like, thank you. Yeah. No. Stupid self. Everyone was like, come on. Right. It's ridiculous. He's do we lose him in the cave? Did we, did we duck? <laughs> no, because he has a flashlight. <laughs> see right. going. This would be a nightmare I have getting lost in a cave. <laughs> that That's would be random. awful. Yeah. What? Um, but <laughs> I saying. thought Beth was one of the weird dreams. Also, too, while oh, we're talking about the moon, did you see where Japan wants to build a? It's the dumbest idea ever. I think a space elevator that goes to the moon by 2050. Mm-hmm. A space How, elevator. Yeah, it's a cable. It'll be a cable that goes to the moon that we can use to. <laughs> it sounds like the, was it a dumbest driver? Is it because there's like another one they've talked about fast. They talked about slow. Maybe I don't know. I just think it's a. Dumb idea. That'd be I a long know. elevator, Ryan. What? That's what right. I'm thinking. Elevators are terrifying. Anyways, right. It just but... seems like, then does the moon always just going to have like this big cord Cable hanging off of it? <laughs> it's a giant kite. I don't know. Uh, China made that artificial sun a while back. Um, Why well, I say a while back, like a month ago. Made the artificial sun. And they're talking about putting artificial moons up. Yeah, they want to launch several small artificial moons above different cities that will replace streetlights. Hmm. Which, that's weird. That's weird. That's weird. So why why did they need an artificial sun? Or why did they say they needed it? Oh, that way they can uh, have... They're, they're working towards... Uh, nucle- I'm going to get it wrong. Nuclear fission. Fusion? Fission? One fusion? of the two. Uh, I don't know. Power. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah use it as a source of power. Yeah. That's not... But they used a ton of power to get that thing fired up, though. <laughs> right. Neat, though. Mm-hmm. Elon Musk said he can power all of China with solar. That's, yeah. Solar's strong. We keep looking at it, but yeah, not yet. Let's cut the trees down. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so other signs that are kind of mentioned, I'm going to kind of include other weather signs. There's still more signs in the sky that I think we're going to talk about too, but also earthquakes. Mm-hmm. Just think of the uptick in earthquakes over the past, I don't know, I'd say... Yeah, I definitely think the ring of fire is active. I oh, mean, yeah. Earthquakes and volcanoes. Like, it's, it's not, you can't go a week without hearing something about a massive earthquake or the, a volcano. The geysers going off and Yellowstone are setting records for how many times they're going off and mm-hmm. roads are melting. And, yeah. It, yeah. It, Dave, uh, whenever they went to uh, Yellowstone, he said mm-hmm. that the, uh, the roads were so hot that whenever he was driving over it, it was like driving on fresh asphalt. Like it was kicking up rocks and everything yeah. because sticking, yeah, because yeah, it's all sticking. And the they, thermal temperature of the they earth. didn't yeah. go in the, the heat of summer. Yeah, that's yeah. the well, magmas raising, and that's a super volcano. Yeah, that's Yellowstone scary. <laughs> yeah, Yellowstone had a huge earthquake. Was it the fifties or sixties that destroyed a bunch of roads? That was a big earthquake then. Mm-hmm. Best got something. Um. <laughs> oh, well, I was gonna ask. Didn't you guys? Um, at least, Brian, don't you have an app that tells you when earthquakes happen? Yeah, and I have it set for, like, anything 6.0, and it goes off, and Elaine says she has one that tells her every time a puppy's born. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, to me, is what the Internet's for. I don't think you should have apps on your phone that tell you when earthquakes happen. That's just my personal opinion. Because she'll be like, who's texting you? Uh, volcano people or earthquake people. Oh, I got a puppy. So, like, just today, <laughs> there was a 5.0 in Tonga. Tonga's always getting rocked by an earthquake. Where is Tonga? Pacific. Oh. <laughs> Next to the spoons. Wait a minute, that's tongs. This week there was a <laughs> this week there was a five point nine in the Philippines. Um there was a six point seven this month in the on uh 
Prince Edward Island, or in the Prince Edward Islands. Once again, this is the Ring of Fire Pacific area. The biggest one this year was the one in eastern Fiji, which was 8.2, which is huge. Hmm. There have been 106 um, earthquakes, 1.5 magnitude or greater in the past 24 hours, 918 in the past 7 days, 3,748 in the past 30 days, then 89,948 in the past 365 days. Yeah. That's yep. a lot of earthquakes. <clears throat> yeah, so it's, it's a shaking. Uh, Alaska is one of our biggest ones we had here recently, and then yeah, we so had I was that. To find. I can't, can't remember what it was. And we had that massive one where close your ears, you think. <laughs> we had the earthquake, and then it actually moved an island. You know, which is stuff that Revelation talks about moving islands out of mm. places yep. mm-hmm. with these other events that happening at the same time. So we're seeing that. You know, yeah, that was when do you hear fa- about that? Happening? That was this fall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then volcanoes. It seems like South America's volcanoes. If you live next mm-hmm. to one, you may want to reconsider. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah that's, man, I, when I was a kid, yeah, I remember just thinking about volcano. The, the thought of a volcano really terrified me. And <laughs> just kind of mm-hmm. like the ground just blows up and then there's molten lava and so hot that rocks melt. That's yeah, still. Yeah, but wasn't scary. there that volcano in Hawaii last summer to where it yeah. kept, you know, mm-hmm. like um, encroaching on the roads and everything mm-hmm. else? So that's. Yeah, you know. expanding the island as it fell into the right. ocean and all that. So yeah. We listened to a podcast of these guys who took their families to Hawaii not too long after. I mean, like, it was still kind of going, and they, like, walked along the magma. And, like, obviously not on it, but they walked, like, right up next to it and, like, over it and everything. And they were like, it was really scary with their kids. But yeah. They said it was really cool. I was I like, would, I would not It was that. pretty cool. But. So I would like to see They it, said this one guy walked, <laughs> walked past, like, where they had, like, this fence to get pictures, and his shoes were smoking. Oh, my goodness. Wow. wow. I'd say that's toasty. Yeah. That's toasty. So you won't wear any fruit flops on that one. <laughs> no, that was a requirement. They had to wear tennis shoes. Wow. Wow. Because your flip flops are going to stay behind. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's, yeah. Yeah, and Jesus told us these weather things. There'll be earthquakes in diverse places. And, and another one that you mentioned was famines. Um, that's one I wanted to bring up. I'm going to consider it weather related because it could be. Now, some of these uh, famines that I'm going to read are, they were political. Um, a combination of war and, I don't know. Bad so, guys. Bad guys. Socialism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stay away from it. Yeah. So I, I'm just going to, I'm only going to read the ones that are over half a million. So to kind of limit the what list. What year are you starting? Like casualty. And I'm just going to start in, oh, let's start in 1900. So in 1907, there was a, 1907-1911, there was a famine in eastern central China that killed 25 million people. Wow. Yeah. Um, in 1914 and 1919, there was a famine caused by Allied blockade of Germany during World War I um, that killed, this is in Germany, that killed an estimated 763,000. Hmm. Like I said, I'm skipping over other ones that are like 300,000, 200,000. Um, there was this one in 1917 and 1919, 1919, that was the Persian famine that killed 2 million people, but people estimate a range as high as 10 million people. Hmm. Um, there was a famine in northern China in 1921 that killed half a million. There was a famine in Russia in 1921 that killed 5 million. There was a famine in... Uh, how many people do you say were in the state of Indiana? I think Indiana has... Uh, Beth, you want to look that one up? I can't yep. remember. Yeah. I can't remember. It was like six, for I, think it's like six, I think it's like 6 million in Indiana. So yeah, you lose the city. The city of New York. State, I think yeah. New York City has eight million residents. Uh, so that was to, uh, 1921, 1922. There was another two million in uh, Taterstein. I don't know. That didn't sound. <laughs> You're making stuff up. Yeah. Well, I don't in, know. in 2017, Indiana had a population of 6.667 million. So yeah, so you're talking some of these famines you're talking about, but it wiped out the state of Indiana. Yeah, 1928 to 1930, another one in China, three million. Uh, Soviet famine in 1932-1933. So this is Russia and Ukraine, uh, eight million. Another famine in China, 1936, five million. Um, 1941-1944. This is another one in Russia that killed another million. Hmm. Another three million in China, 1942-1943. 3 million in Iran in 1942, 1943. Uh, Bengal famine in 1943 killed 2.1 million. Um, 
Then there was Japan and Indonesia in 1944-1945. Killed 2.4 million. Another 2 million in Vietnam in 1945. Another 1.5 million in the Soviet Union in 1947. Another 40, estimated between 15 and 43 million in the Great Chinese Famine in 1959-1961. Man, 40, 15 to 43 million. Another uh, 2 million in Nigeria in 1967-1970. And then this one, it was in Central Africa, killed a million in 1968-1972. 1.5 in Bangladesh in 1974. 1.5 to 2 million in Cambodia in 1975-1979. Um, 400,000 to 600,000 in Ethiopia in 1983-1985. So, yeah, these aren't long ago and far away. It still happens. It's still... No, another 3.5 million in 1998 in North Korea. Uh, 2009 to... I'm sorry. 1998 to 2004, 2.7 million in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Hmm. And, like, in 2016, there's 85,000 children that were known... Uh, unknown number of adults that died of famine in Yemen. So that's that's recent, and there's yeah. there's still a horrible famine that's going on in in Eastern Africa there in Yemen and mm-hmm. um, it's weather related like Somalia. Some of those are re- weather related. They had a horrible drought, and also coupled with uh, Al Shabaab and other yeah, political and yeah. governments. And Either way, that's yeah. a lot of people. Yeah, those people. numbers are really just hard to fathom. Even you know. Yeah, I think yeah. people think like famines. They think Bible times. They think like, mm-hmm. oh, the famine, but like. That's right. just in the past hundred years. Just think of the millions, tens of millions, right. hundreds of millions. Yeah. And absolutely. some of those were centered around wars, and wars and famine go together, and that's mm-hmm. how when Revelation starts out with the seals being broken, you have uh, wars that start coming, and then famines are def- right on the heels, and then death. And so, yeah, they they, they all kind of go hand in hand. So, yeah, that's something that Jesus warns about in the future that we've seen happening, and that's something that he uses to get attention. Because, yeah, if you're in a famine, especially if it's weather-related, you're seeking God for it and send the rain or stop the bugs or whatever it is. And so that's, uh, he, he oftentimes uses times of trouble to draw people to himself. It's prosperity that we usually forget about him. So, yeah. Yeah. And speaking of like war casualties, like world war one, um, they said it was one of the deadliest conflicts in history. Um, it says 16 million, but they're, when they count in estimated number of not only military, but also civilian casualties, Say thirty-seven million people died. Wow, that's just I don't know. And that's just World War One, and then that's why that was supposed to be the war to end all wars. That mm-hmm. uh, wasn't, but yeah. yeah. And then World War Two, an estimated seventy to eighty-five million people died. World yeah. War Two, so that was like right on the heels of World War One. Right. Yeah, because that's why they said it would be end all wars. And like, then, oh, we'll never do that again. Let alone a lot <laughs> of the famines that you read was was also in that time span, mm-hmm. you know. And so that's I mean, that's a lot yeah. of people. You start adding all that up. I mean, that's pretty yeah, crazy. They're saying around six million Jews died during World War Two. Wow. Mm. And in Revelation, it talks about how two thirds of the Jews, Jews will die. Die. Yeah. So it's. And that, yeah, there's one there's one plague right at the start where in the book of Revelation it says one fourth of humanity dies. You know, so that's where are we at yeah. population wise? Nine billion? Is that right? Billions? Um, is that right? That sounds right. Population of the world? Yeah. Well, I'm gonna look it up. I don't wanna get it wrong. Okay, I was off by a little bit. <laughs> Seven point six billion. Still yeah. a lot. That's still a lot. That's still quite a few. That's oh, that's that's a lot. Yeah, but so you think still, of a fourth of that. That's still a big number. That's a big, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah. math. That's a real big yeah. number. That's late. I, my brain can't do that math right now. Yeah, my calculator doesn't have the many zeros. <laughs> yeah, but he tells us this is going to happen. He says the last days be like the days of Noah. We think about you know some of these events, you know, them getting hit, the earth getting hit, and and breaking up the fountains of the deep. Say so Revelation six talks about it. And with that, you know, Revelation 6 is one of the first time where it talks about, you know, things coming upon the earth, you know, there's stars falling. And he says it would be like shaking a fig tree. Uh, I've never had a fig tree, but we had a persimmon tree. And you remember when we go down and we shake the persimmon tree and then all the ripe persimmons would start, thump, 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 you know, they start falling down. He says that's what it'll be like when these shooting, you know, these stars begin falling to the earth. We know we're not stars, but uh, shooting stars. Then we would make Megan eat the green ones. <laughs> <laughs> Which is always funny. Uh, and then there's earthquakes and everything else, and the islands are moving, but then all the rich begin to then go underground uh, to hide, and we see that, too, that the government has 
acknowledged all these underground bases that we have. They've also started refurbishing. They've really kicked up into high gear all their underground bases too. So it's almost like, what are they preparing for it? You know, so I don't know. Nuclear strikes is one of them, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. But um, yeah, it seems like you know the Bible told us you know, a couple thousand years ago, people start hiding underground, yeah. and people are starting to hide are. underground. Yeah, there's a bunker that's close to here that I won't say what it is. I don't want this podcast to get pulled. But <laughs> I did talk to somebody, and that's what it is for. It's meant for. If, oh, so they did meant. Yeah, yeah, they said if it's a safe spot or whatever for continuity of government, cog. They said it was, yeah, a bunch of government officials would go there and then mm-hmm. communication specialists would go there and that's where they wait. And then it's a big under, it's a 10 story underground facility. That's that just, big. Yeah. Real big. And, uh, it's got a bunch of stuff that he sends in there, which is stuff that you would want at the end mm-hmm. of the world. And anyway, like I said, I'm not going to, I don't, <laughs> he said he may be able to get me in there to, uh, oh, to yes. walk around, which would be Ooh, awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah. But, uh. Yeah, and then there's a bulldozer up at the top. So, like, if something were to happen, then they have a bulldozer to get out. So, see, my book was right. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, there's Signal Mountain, Greenbrier Hotel. Look that one up. You can see where the Senate was supposed to go. That's the old one. Who knows where the new one is? Or you can see where they were going to go hiding under a mountain. Uh, what's the big Cheyenne Mountain? Mm-hmm. That's uh, yeah. uh, is huge. It, it has a subway in it. Is it the uh, little little oh, fact? Yeah, they're even underground into the world. Not there, there like will be a, not a train, train but a subway. There will be a subway. You can get you a six inch foot long. Yeah. Six inch foot long. Foot long huh? Well, that's yeah, that is a deal. No that's unbelievable. A six inch foot long. <laughs> All right, you can turn my mic off. Now. <laughs> Numbers will change after the nukes go on. That's, that's right. the way they measure it underground. Um, is it? The family that owns the Walmarts. Is that the Waltons? Waltons? Yeah. Waltons? I think it's Walton. Walton or Walton? Sam Walton. Like yeah, Walton. Walton, I yeah. think. Sam, Not... Wa- Sam Walmart. Sam Walmart. Uh, <laughs> they have a big underground facility. Walmart does or his family? His family does. Oh, I'm sure he does. does. Yeah. It's in uh, Ozarks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Arkansas. Yeah. Where yeah. all the yeah. navies go until retire. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah, there's the yeah. If you go through Revelation, there's Revelation six there, or I mean, yeah, with the seals. Uh, there's the trumpet judgment that talks about them with uh, these hail fire that comes down. Talking about going back to Moses, where one third of the trees are burned up, all the green grass. Uh, there's Revelation eight, where another trumpet, uh, trumpet number two, where one third of the sea becomes blood after it gets hit hit with them. Oh wait, while you're talking about the sea, hmm. um, I'm not sure if anybody's paid attention to this or if it's just me, but I was maybe kind of perk ears a little bit whenever you hear this huge fish kills or bird kills mm-hmm. uh, that are sh- like washing up on shores of places like talking like Math. tens of thousands of fish that are just being washed up or uh like they'll talk about like oh a merchant vessel just came upon this huge fish kill and it's just like i said tens of thousands or hundreds mm-hmm. of thousands of fish or dead birds or um uh, birds and fish are kind of the main ones that yeah. people just There's others find. too, but yeah, but like I said, most of them are the birds and fish. Yeah, it's not limited to just the ocean too. There's some lakes and stuff that are just like, all of a sudden, like, somehow go there and like, there'll be all these dead birds and dead fish. Or yeah, they'll come out and, yeah, they're in the in towns or the edges of towns and there's just birds laying everywhere dead. It's, there was uh, one that was like really, some like everybody was just like, oh, post like apocalyptic signs or whatever, but it was a city in, I don't, I don't remember where, somewhere in Europe where all these birds just started falling out of the sky and like, Breaking windshields and stuff like that, that but just all these birds just died. It's like they hit a wall or something, and they all just fell out of the sky. I'm like, That's, that sounds horrible. Which weird. Yeah. yeah, it's scary enough to hit a bird like whenever you're driving, but if a bird, <laughs> if a bunch of birds just start falling like dead out of the sky, that's terrible. yeah. And if you're on YouTube, just look up like fireballs and stuff like that too. That's another one. Mm-hmm. Like there's just these, all these fireballs are starting to increase. Like there's here in the U.S. There was that one. Um, where was the one that you sent me today that made uh, that hard left turn? Uh, Venezuela, yeah, and it hit hit and then caught things on fire. So yeah, that was just this week or yeah, Sunday, Sunday or Saturday yeah, night. It was, yeah, I think it was Saturday night. Saturday night, mm-hmm. yeah, Sunday, yeah, it was hitting Venezuela, and yeah, as it's falling, it, it turned, which is really weird. Uh, the video of that, <clears throat> but wormwood is one of the big ones in, in the Book of Revelation on the third trumpet, where it comes that makes all the water bitter. But it's like a mountain going into the ocean, which is interesting because the government, when they said they're tracking all these things, they said that they they estimate that they have found ninety percent of the mountain-sized asteroids coming to the Earth. So there's ten percent that are still rogue. I'm glad they found the huge ones. <laughs> but, but there's so they know there are big ones coming, and uh, God says, uh, "Yeah, I'm sending one." You know, I was thinking about being the ultimate quarter, quarterback. He can really lead a pass. 
Whoops. It's coming up one day. <laughs> Drop and study. Oh, I thought that was Mumford. No. Yeah. yeah, there's... um. There's stuff. <laughs> there's stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know there's... Uh, you can look it up. It's on... It's on the internet. There's uh, <laughs> these weird, like, pyramid-shaped... Um, what they are, they're satellite, uh, or they're oh. radars that are set up. There's a couple in the Northern Hemisphere, a couple in the Southern Hemisphere. There's one down in, uh, uh whatever the military base is down in, uh, uh by Destin. Yeah. yeah. I can't remember the name of the base now. Oh, man, I just lost it too. It's towards the E, isn't it? Like, egg, egg, something, well, anyway. Yeah, but they, like, those are, uh, it's public knowledge that they monitor space for foreign objects. Wait, was it the Air Force Base? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Sorry, Eglin. Okay, Eglin, 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 Eglin. Eglin. I kept wanting to think Egghead, and I knew that one right. And then also that FEMA, they started, there's a whole new category called Space, space weather, weather. yeah. Which is about uh, solar flares and also comets as well. Do you have it? Oh, I don't know. I just think it's interesting that they have it. Like, they wouldn't have it if they didn't see a need for it. They mm-hmm. didn't see stuff out there. And they had, like, you know, there's steps you can take to help prepare for space weather. Because mm-hmm. that like they, pretty much they'll take out your phones. And they your, even have, like, you know. infographics for kids. Like, this is what you should do to prepare. This is what you should do if you see these things happening and, like, all those things. So. And I failed like, a little. I had a three-question quiz. And one of them was, you know, if space weather happened, would the toilet not work? And I'm like, the toilet will always work. Like, no, if power stations went out, you know, that would stop the pumps. And that wouldn't be there. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I guess so. I was reading <laughs> yesterday about... I guess in 1859, it was September 1st, 1859, um, FEMA's afraid that something like this could happen again. It was called the Carrington event. It was like the largest geomagnetic storm that's recorded in space weather. But it, um, like all the, a lot of stuff went crazy, but like the telegraph, all the telegraph like machines and communicators or whatever, like the people operating those could still send telegraphs without having it like plugged in or anything just because there was so much of an electrical charge from this like oh weird um meteor or whatever that Mm -hmm. fell and it was just like shooting sparks everywhere and but like if something like that happened today like we would not have our our cell phones we would not have like oh yeah radio communication a lot of our cars would not work because they're yeah that electromagnetic pulse could just yeah it could just wipe us out to like because that's what they say uh, basically like all the power lines that we have you know above ground are antennas and it would like take out the power grid and that's mm-hmm. usually one of the things that they warn about BP. so i know they talk about that with like an emp but there's a, there's also a possibility of things like that with a more natural yeah event. i mean it's still mm-hmm. the same electromagnetic mm-hmm. pulse it's just a natural one whereas uh like the actual like the emp that we mm-hmm. hear about is like a like a low altitude um nuclear, nuclear blast and mm-hmm. it'll go off and do, simulate the same thing there's a i, I work as a 9-1 dispatcher in our prior director was big into radios he actually now works at the uh department of homeland security with radios and stuff and he's currently working on getting the state more prepared for natural disasters his big thing is solar flares so more hardened yeah more hardened for solar flares and like that's his job as far as like making sure that they're they have backup stuff and it's all hardened and you can protect stuff in a Faraday cage as well, and so yeah. But yeah, that's a lot of what he does. But his big thing is solar flares, and that's one that we didn't even touch on tonight was solar flares and the interference and stuff that those have. Well, there is a Christian book if anybody would like to read that. It's called Last Light, and it's a whole book series, and it's a natural EMP that takes out and sends the America back in the 1800s. You know, if it, it would happen today, literally, you know, no planes, no cars, mm-hmm. you know, unless it was just all carbureted. That's a pretty interesting book. Yeah, if you get on FEMA's website, they kind of have like a recommended list of things that they recommend every family should have for different types of disasters. So if you live in certain areas, like if you mm-hmm. live on a coastal, like they kind of give you kind of like, hey, these are things that you may have should have prepared for um, hurricanes. And then mm-hmm. if you live in the Midwest here, they have ones like, hey, these are things that you guys should have prepared for tornadoes, tornadoes or flash floods or things like that. Mm-hmm. So our thing. family all has gold bags. We have bags mm-hmm. in our cars in case we ever get stranded in a part that we have some Which essentials come in with handy. us. Yeah. People make fun of you and think you're... Uh, I've used mine many times, though. Oh, yeah. Okay. Eating the snack doesn't count. <laughs> no, I haven't. I've never eaten the snack out of it. I've used the Band-Aids many times. The baby wipes, the... We've used the, the fire matches, starters when we've been out yeah. camping. Yeah. We've got, yeah. Flashlights, I've got. Mm-hmm. I used I a mean. headlamp for our, um, we went rock climbing in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> so you were prepared. Yeah. I mean, you have health insurance, you have yeah. uh, car insurance, we have stuff insurance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go back. Yeah. 
So yeah. anyway, I think this was uh, maybe kind of opens people's eyes up to different signs and things to keep an eye out for. Uh, just the increase, and if you see something, maybe kind of make you think a little bit. Not saying that we're going to be wiped out by an asteroid or anything like that, because we know the end. Mm-hmm. But this is more of a kind of these are the, like Dad mentioned at the beginning. These are the birth pains. These are the kind of like as we see these in, as we see these things increasing and becoming more and more. Look up for your redemption draw nigh. That's yeah. exactly I what think I was thinking. I think, <laughs> I think sorry, you've been in a podcast like that before. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Elaine's turn. Yeah. No, but I I, I think um, de- definitely that. And then also, too, it's just there's – I don't know. I was going somewhere with that, but then you distracted me with the same answer. Uh, what was it? Um, I don't know. It's gone. Well – I'm just going to stop it there then. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks for being here. Thanks again for listening to the New Revival Podcast. We apologize again for the delay. Feel free to contact us at our social media. At New Revival Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Yep. Also, our email is newrevivalpodcast at gmail.com. So if you have any other suggestions, feel free to hit us up there.